Let's get uh, right to it. Our pop culture expert, Vicki Sparks, joins us here in studio. As you just heard uh, Danny mention in the news, uh, Game of Thrones leading the way with, uh, this is a record-breaking 32 nominations, the Emmy uh, nominations, Vic. Yeah, they've they've come out strong in their final season, and they are obviously hoping to take home all 32 of those nominations, although I think that's pretty unlikely. You know what? I would love to see that, <laughs> just, just for fun, whether they deserve it or not. Yeah. Wouldn't it be just something to watch the Emmys when they happen, and it's like Game of Thrones. Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. And uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, get on up again. Like, could you possibly have 32 yeah. original acceptance speeches? I mean, I don't think you could, but at what point in that mess would they just, like, give them seats on the stage? Like, is it, like, award 16, 17, where they're just like, all right, they're going to run the board. Here you go. You can stay. I just think that would be hilarious that they went yeah. 32 for 32. <laughs> either that, because uh, I'm a person of extremes, either go 32 for 32 or go over. Either one. If you win like oh, 18 of 32, it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, but Game of Thrones, uh, I mean, it's been a huge, phenomenal uh, hit. Uh, but is it surprising that uh, they're nominated this much? Well, I think their last season was so divisive, right? People mm-hmm. either kind of liked it or absolutely hated it. But I have yet to run into anybody who loved it. So for them to have come out this strong... In the writing, in the directing, where most of the complaints lie, I think it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, to see how uh, Emmy voters felt about it. Let's break this down a little bit, because this intrigues me. Because uh, do you think that this is kind of a a gift for, uh, I don't know, successes of the past with Game of Thrones, then? If uh, the last season isn't universally loved because it's on its way out, do you think that influences Emmy voters somewhat? I mean, you would like to... think so. And I think that technically Game of Thrones, whether you agreed with the direction the plot took or not, technically it has really set a new standard for television. So a lot of these nominations are in the technical categories. And if you don't really work in those technical categories, you don't really have a true understanding of how incredible the feats that Game of Thrones has um, managed to accomplish, how, how incredible they are. So I think in those nominated categories, those are genuine awards that they're winning. In some of the others, they might be gifts handed down from the nominating uh, committee. But at the same time, the Big Bang Theory was in its final season, and they have been completely snubbed across the board. And in comedy and sitcoms, that show has been as beloved as Game of Thrones has been in the dramatic realm. So So is that the biggest snub? That's a pretty big snub, but there's a lot of snubs. No Julia Roberts for Homecoming, which people have said was her best work in years and years. No George Clooney for Catch-22. No Connie Britton for Dirty John. Uh, No Richard Madden for The Bodyguard. Now, this is a guy who won the Golden Globe for his portrayal in this show uh, at the beginning of last year. And now he doesn't even get nominated for an Emmy for the very same performance. There's not a different season. Um, So he was good enough to win one, but not even good enough to get nominated for the other. So that does doesn't really make much sense. You figured that um, out. By the way, those names you just dropped, uh, Roberts, names. Clooney, it just shows you how far television has come because there Absolutely. was a time when t- or uh, movie stars would not even think about and even think twice yeah. about doing TV. Absolutely. And I think now TV is really where movie stars go to show us and remind us that they can act, right? They get mm-hmm. a limited series. They get eight or ten or six episodes and they come in and they knock your socks off with something that is really movie quality that just happens to be you know, a 10-hour movie that yeah. they break up. Okay, Game of Thrones is the big headline with 32 nods. Uh, yep. What else uh, stood out for you? Uh, when They See Us, which is the Ava DuVernay miniseries on Netflix telling the story of the Central Park Five, it's had 
huge success since it's come out. Netflix release numbers, you know, 20, 30 million people have been watching it. They've been nominated across the board. A lot of the young boys who played these kids when they were in their teens um, had never acted before, and now they're getting Emmy nominations. So that's pretty incredible. You've also got people uh, like Niecy Nash who are coming in with supporting actress uh, nominations for roles that were outside of what we're used to seeing Nisi in. So I think she's going to be thrilled to be nominated in a, in a dramatic category. But I think right now there's a lot of these kind of limited drama series that are all incredible. And it's mm-hmm. hard to pick a real front runner at this point there. It could go any way. A couple of nominations that stand out for me. Robin Wright, Outstanding Lead Actress for House of Cards. Yeah. Uh, what a uh, triumph <laughs> performance that is coming out of everything uh, that surrounded uh, Kevin Spacey and the Kevin Spacey scandal. Yeah, I can't imagine that she will win given who she's up against, but I think that is a real tip of the hat from the Emmy nomination committee to say good job in an impossible situation. You took over that show and you did it to the best of your abilities. Yeah, And also in that category, uh, a Canadian uh, Sandra Oh. Yes, for Killing Eve again. Yeah, so Killing Eve continues to be hugely popular in its second season. I will say the buzz for the second season wasn't quite as strong for that first season, so I'm not sure that we'll see her win. Her co-star Jodie Comer has also been nominated. Um, But again, lead actress in a drama... I mean, don't put money on it. It could go to anyone. All right. But congratulations, Sandra Oh. That is fantastic. Yes, fantastic. A, a nomination. And as well, Eugene Levy is, <laughs> we love Eugene around here, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. He is nominated for Schitt's Creek. Yeah. And Schitt's Creek is nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series, which is incredible. So more love for that show. Um, you know, it's been such a boon to kind of Canadian television. It's done so well. And it's really been one of those shows that, quietly grows in popularity until now this last couple of seasons where it's really really blown up and now it's huge everywhere what does emmy nominations mean for a show like schitt's creek i mean it has taken you right it's grown very slowly i think it was kind of universally embraced here in this country because yep. it's a canadian production and we know the levies and love them and uh, uh the rest of the uh, cast Catherine o'hara of course uh, but does this put it into a new stratosphere or another level? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, the joke is that it's an honor just to be nominated, but it means something to be nominated by a group of your peers who say out of everything we've seen, and especially now in TV, that used to mean, you know, out of these 70 shows, we thought you were the 10 best. Now that means out of these, you know, 480 shows, we thought you guys were the 10 best. And that has to feel good. And it has to mean something to them, whether you think awards are silly or not. It's a real seal of approval from people who know how hard your job is. Yeah. And Catherine O'Hara, by the way, also nominated in the lead actress uh, category. Uh Excuse my naivete Mm -hmm. here for a second. I know you do on a daily basis. Uh, I didn't realize we were giving out Emmys for uh, reality competition shows. Oh, we sure are. Yeah, okay. We sure for many, many years now. Yeah, Yeah. we've got The Amazing Race, RuPaul's Drag Race, Top Chef, The Voice, and uh, my personal favorite, American Ninja Warrior. Uh, Everyone's personal favorite. American Ninja Warrior is a great show. You watch it, you think, my God, how do these people do it? Are you as addicted to that show as I am? I mean, everyone is. It's my guilty pleasure. My 63 year old mother is addicted to American (laughs) Ninja Warrior. I'll call her sometimes. She'll be like, I can't talk. The ninjas are on. I have to go. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. What is it about that show? Because for me, I mean, I do love kind of the the competition aspect, but it's just, I love watching whatever the obstacle course is. Is and yeah. I'm just sitting back thinking to myself, 
How did they come up with that? Oh, not only that, I mean, it's the perfect, you root for these people. These aren't people who are professional athletes. They're not professional in any capacity. You see this little piece of their real life. You know, this is Bob. He's in sales. Surprise, <laughs> Bob has an 18-pack, and he would like to, you know, jump all of these mountains while swimming through a thing and hopping on a salmon ladder and all of it. And they just come out and they blow you away, and they give you that 1% hope that one day you, too, could grow an 18-pack of abs and compete. <laughs> in American Ninja Warrior, even if really that couldn't be further from the truth. Who do you like there? Amazing Race, RuPaul's Drag Race, Ninja Warrior, Top Chef, or The Voice? I'm going to say that RuPaul's Drag Race has the momentum right now. After many, many seasons of kind of being a, a sad little show, it has now blown up into a global phenomenon. So I think they're going to be, they're going to take the prize. Amazing Race wins all the time. Yeah. So I hope that they, they show some love to somebody else. Might be time for a change there. Yeah. Speaking of changes, give me your take on this. I'm just looking at the uh, nominations for uh, Outstanding Variety Talk Series. Mm-hmm. Daily Show, Full Frontal with another Canadian, Samantha Bee. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, John Oliver's uh, last week, uh, The Late Show, uh, Late Late Show with James Corden, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Noticeably absent there is The Tonight Show. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since The Tonight Show has been nominated. Also absent from that list, of course, is uh, Seth Meyers, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Um, Both of the NBC shows. Both NBC, yeah. So that's not great news for them. But, you know, in the war of late night, things have really, really shifted. The Tonight Show used to be tops for years and years and years and years, really decades. And then all of a sudden, since the political turn in the States, most of the talk shows have taken a much more political turn. Jimmy Fallon has not. Now, Seth Meyers has, so he's a bit of a surprise. Most people expected him to get the nom. Um, Tonight Show has stayed very light, very fun, all games, no politics, just come and have a great time. And I think some people really, really appreciate that, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily what's going to be celebrated at a critical level at this point in time. How much of a kick in the teeth is that to uh, Jimmy Fallon and to the show and the uh, producers? Because, uh, you know, people have been watching ratings, and as you mentioned, Colbert Mm -hmm. has taken over, and he's had the lead solidly uh, for, for quite a while now. I mean, is this... Is this something that kind of has a ripple effect inside the uh, production? I mean, it definitely isn't good news for them. The Tonight Show used to be, you know, the shining crown of NBC, and it was for many years when Jimmy Fallon took it over. But let's be honest, we don't want to see Jimmy Fallon delivering biting political comedy. That's not who he is. So I think they're making the right direction, uh, the right choice in trying to keep him in his lane. He can't be something that he's not. He's not Stephen Colbert. But at the same time, this is a pretty clear message because... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure this is the third year in a row they haven't been nominated for Best Emmy in this category. This is a pretty clear direction that people are saying maybe it's time to change things up a little bit. Yeah, because uh, this is insiders. This is the Academy, if you will, now now saying this, right? Uh, Finally, I want to ask you about limited series because there's several nominees here, uh, Sharp Object among them. But Chernobyl, uh, have you seen this? Because I've heard a lot of people talking about this miniseries. It has uh, been on the top of my list for weeks now because much like you, I have heard people talk about this non-stop, but I haven't had the pleasure of enjoying it yet. Um, But you see them nominated in uh, Outstanding Limited Category. Also, one of the actors was nominated. uh, I'm sorry, his name escapes me right now. Best Supporting... There he is. Uh, Jared Harris, yes. Uh, Lead actor in, uh, in Chernobyl was also nominated. It is incredible 
according to the buzz, but I'm afraid I cannot give it my personal seal of approval quite yet. Yeah, it's one I got to see as well. Yeah. There's been so much talk about Chernobyl it. Escape at Danamora, when they see us, all incredibly strong prospects in that category. Sharp Objects, I quite personally enjoyed, but it did not pick up the momentum they thought it would when it came out last summer, and it's been almost an entire year since it was out. I would be stunned if that one. Fosse Verdon with uh, Sam and... Michelle Williams, again, didn't really pick up the momentum that they would hope it would have, even though its performances have been critically applauded. I I don't think it's really in the competition. I think that's going to be between Chernobyl, Escape of Danamora, and When They See Us. All right. And uh, finally, Henry Winkler, I just noticed, has been nominated (laughs) again for Barry. He has. That that is like just such the feel-good choice (laughs) for me. Uh, uh, Growing up with happy days. The show about an assassin is the feel-good choice for you? Well, Henry Winkler. Maybe not Barry himself at the show. (laughs) But uh, yes, uh, Henry Winkler is just, uh, you know, I'm glad they're righting those wrongs of, uh, where was the Fonz's Emmys? Right. Okay, come on. He didn't win a single one for it. And I mean, that's a part of our cultural fabric at this point. Absolutely. All right. There is the rundown of the nominations for the 71st Primetime Emmy Awards, which uh, is on sometime in the not-too-distant future. September. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Vicki Sparks, good to see you as always.